Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Best Pictures Podcast. I'm Ian, and this is Maggie. And on this episode, we are doing the 21st Oscar Best Picture winner, Hamlet, which I think is appropriate because after this movie, I needed a drink. <laughs> Didn't we all? Oh, my goodness. So um, angsty. Yeah, it is very angsty. So this is the 1948 British film adaptation of the Shakespeare play. It was adapted, directed by, and stars Laurence Olivier. Bless his heart. I, we'll talk about his performance. Um, I think we both have... I know I have mixed feelings. I think you just have feelings. I don't. My feelings are not mixed. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was the first British film to win. In fact, it was the first non-American film to win. Oh, the best nice. picture. Um, it that explains was... the confusing accents. <laughs> yes. Well, because a lot of these actors are British mm -hmm. actors, but they're not doing British accents. So it's kind of like that weird hollywood yeah mid-atlantic neutral accent but then you have an almost the cockney accent just pop out of nowhere for the comedic character yeah that's quite often um in like movies well, of that era in theater digger, and but, yeah. that's quite often in theater used to just show like a lower class character yeah totally um, makes sense yeah but it was actually or is actually kind of controversial among shakespeare purists who feel that olivier made too many alterations and cuts granted this movie was, what, two and a half hours? He didn't make enough cuts. I know. It, it's like a four-hour play. And particularly, he's been criticized for completely cutting the characters of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, mm -hmm. which are kind of two of the more comedic characters of the play. And so, and they're very important to like the political narrative, whereas Olivier very much focuses on the psychological narrative um, and kind of cuts a lot of the political stuff, hence cutting those characters. But those are kind of the two biggest comedic characters, yeah. which... I understand why he did that, but then it makes there's a couple characters later that are comedic that it kind of appear too late in the movie and it makes it kind of weird and wonky. Yeah. So you couldn't hear my eye roll when Maggie was like, oh, he focused on the mental part of it. And I'm like, oh, had he had the political part, it maybe might my have opinions been a would be a little different. bit more captivating for us. Um, the voice of uh, the ghost, the dead king Hamlet. Uh, was actually recorded by Olivier, and he did it in, like, a very loud whisper, and then they just played it back at a reduced speed to get kind of that, like, eerie sound. And we'll talk to it more because I, I want to talk a lot about those ghost scenes because I they those were really cool. They were the standout scenes for me in the whole movie, which, I, okay, they're very important in the play in general, but they were, like the only redeeming quality of this film for me <laughs> i yeah i think we're gonna go front ian and i neither of us are huge fans of the source material so this one was a bit hard for us to watch i will say and we'll talk more about it visually there are some very cool things that are done. oh yes speaking of visually they also made use of deep focus cinematography which was previously popularized by william wowler and orson wells so that kind of lets you get both the foreground and the background in focus yeah, um, and they and, used it to great yes, effect. Yes, and it makes for these very, like, deep shots. Mm -hmm. Overused, in my opinion, but there were some really nice ones. I don't know, because, like, you know, this it is a slow play, and there's not a ton of mm -hmm. action. So, like, when you have – we've talked about this before. So when you have stuff like that where there's not a lot of action and it's very, like, character-focused – you kind of have to be visually interesting. And so, like, the way they used that cinematography and shot around those sets, I thought was really good. Oh, totally agree. But there were some, like, very it, – it was some of the court scenes where they just draped the set with a bunch of extras mm -hmm. where I was like, 
I, I You're like, I don't need it, to see the extra in that much detail. Everything's in focus. Like, yeah. It's it's distracting for me in scenes like that fair when enough. it's like, okay, wait, where am I actually supposed to be looking here? Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, um it made it seem a little bit more play like to me though. Yes, I did enjoy I have to say that. that aspect of yeah. it. Yeah. Um this was the only film in which the leading actor directed himself to an Oscar winning performance until nineteen ninety eight when Roberto oh gosh, I don't know how to say this last name. Benini? In Life is Beautiful. Someone feel free to like tweet me and correct me. It's an Italian name. Oh, that's name such and I don't a good know. film, too. Do you know how to say his name? Nope. Okay, well, <laughs> never mind. Um, Olivier is the only actor to win an Oscar for a Shakespearean role. Oh, he won an Oscar for this? Yeah. Um, it is the Ugh. only film to win both the Golden Lion, which is the Venice Film Festival's top prize, and an Academy Award until The Shape of Water in 2018. Shape of Water deserved it, in my not so humble opinion. Haven't seen it yet. We'll <laughs> talk about it when we get there. Um, so other awards and nominations, as I said, Laurence Olivier did win for best Oscar, or for, not for best Oscar, best actor. The um, film won for best Oscar. <laughs> I want someone named Oscar to win a best actor sometime and then we can be like, he's the best Oscar. Anyway, um, <laughs> it won least. for best art direction, black and white set decoration, which I agree with wholeheartedly. I thought the sets were pretty phenomenal. I liked the decoration. I felt that they were oversized to the point of absurdity i kind of liked that though because it felt i needed the sets to match the grandeur of hamlet's ego i i I have no words other than (laughs) i didn't like it (laughs) um it also won for best costume design black and white oh my gosh which i will say the costume design was good and it was appropriate to the period of time that they were shooting for but you and i have a lot of thoughts on why like most men cannot pull off those tights well and when you put this giant poofy jacket on it makes it worse everybody has chicken legs you're on stilts everybody has chicken legs. love it so yeah in order to pull off that look like you gotta have some like beefy man thighs and a tailored like tunic yeah none of this was tailored no well it was tailored but not to a shape but not not to like a very pleasing (laughs) shape um uh gene simmons who played ophelia got nominated for best supporting actress I'm mostly okay with that. Yeah, I actually, there were a couple points where I did not like her performance, but I think that might have been more to do with how she was likely directed than oh, her actual absolutely. performance. Um, it was nominated for Best Score by William Walton. I'm which also I'm, on board with I'm that. I'm okay with that one. And then Laurence Olivier was nominated for Best Director, but did not win. Thank God. Other nominees from that year, Johnny Belinda, The Red Shoes, The Snake Pit, and The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. I've not seen all of The Treasure of the Sierra Madre, but I know it's like a big big classic a lot of people love it so well yeah i will reserve judgment until i actually see it yeah so anyway awesome so i think for watch notes we're kind of going to try to go loosely chronologically because yeah. like hamlet is kind of a classic it's, i feel like it's a very well-known plot i mean i guess just a brief description for anybody who maybe isn't as familiar mm-hmm. with it um it's about a Danish prince, Hamlet, who comes home to find that his father is dead and his mother has now married his uncle, who is now king. And he sees the ghost of his father. The ghost of his father is like, your uncle killed me. He vows to get revenge. And then it's him slowly going insane and dragging everybody down with him because he's being whiny. Asshole. We Again, Ian and I are not huge fans of source material. There was a lot of editorializing in that synopsis. So take... Yes, I know. I know there are people who love Hamlet and like power to you, but like God, that character gets on my last nerve. So whiny. I have no nerves left for him to get on. Whiny and like leave poor Ophelia alone. What did she ever do to you? Anyway, so 
it opens actually with um, a little bit of text from the play. And then there is a line that I think Olivia got, at least from the Shakespearean purists, a lot of flack for. And I'm going to give him some more flack in a minute <laughs> um, as we kind of like go into the castle. And it is the tragedy of a man who cannot make up his mind. No, he made up his mind and his mind was to be a whiny little baby and destroy everybody else's life because he was a little like sad. Yeah, he should catch a lot of flack for that because what mind wasn't made I don't know. when he did I, things? I was going to say, I don't think Hamlet was indecisive. I think he was just an asshole. Well, and the thing, too, that is a perfect change to explain why I have issues with Olivier's interpretation and directing and acting in this film. Like, it's this a vanity is a vanity piece. piece. It is a vanity piece. Of all vanity pieces. I will say, again, visually it was amazing. And there's – I want to bring up – because one of our early scenes is with the first appearance of the ghost to some guards and Horatio. Yeah. And I want to talk about this because this is actually where I was like, oh, they're doing some really cool things with music and camera work. Yes. So as like the ghost hasn't quite appeared yet, but they start kind of zeroing in on like the faces of like Horatio and a couple of the guards. And there's like a drum sound, like a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And when it hits like the boom on the heartbeat, the camera will shake. Well, you'll pull like out of focus and then yeah, snap right and it'll back get in. kind of like fuzzy, and it's like it, it's a little disorienting, but like in a really cool way, so that like you know that something's coming. Mm-hmm. And then it did this like really quick pivot from the close up on them to the close up of the ghost. Like the way they used close ups and like far shots and would alternate between them, yeah. I thought was really cool. Well, and let me tell you, I'm am gonna have nightmares about that ghost. It was I'm, creepy. Like super so scary. Creepy. And the the beautiful part of it too is it was never in focus. Never so was, in focus and there was all this mist around it and you could like kind of a decaying, bearded, scraggly, like menacing. Yeah, and the figure. visor was always a little wonky, so you could never really see the eyes. Like it was super effective. And then the voice that as Maggie said, they apparently did some really interesting mm-hmm. audio editing to make it work. Like Oh, creepy as hell. Loved it. In that scene, too, one thing that I really liked is initially I was thinking to myself, okay, this is something that you could put on in a black box theater and I would get exactly the same amount of it. It is very, very much staged like a play. Like, other than the really cool camera work, anytime that you look at the way the actors are placed within the set, it's very stage like. But I loved it because it was all so precise and the way that they had everybody framed in Mm -hmm. multiple, at at multiple depths. Well, and speaking of which, when we get our introduction to the character of Hamlet, he is kind of set apart in this little chair, slightly away from everybody. And he shouldn't in profile. I will say Olivier loves his own profile. He loves everybody's profile. Like even some of the guards, multiple times I saw this, the, the, profile shot where you got yeah. a little bit of highlight on the the front of the profile mm-hmm. with some lighting the lighting was really good um, i think it's important to say as you know we're talking about it being staged very much like a play and i think a lot of the lighting was reminiscent of the play and you had like the big full sets that were very play-like is olivia's background was in like shakespearean theater yeah so th- i think that makes that a makes lot sense. of sense for not only what he's tackling but like his directing style yeah but really quickly can i just like point out how ridiculous that one guard's poofy outfit was <laughs> like seriously quilted poofs around his collar and then the like multi-stripped Cold on fabric. the parapet i also can i just say one more thing about the set i'm going to be talking about the set a lot actually the parapet there's no fencing on it so that's 
thing. It was so dangerous, but I kind of liked it. And it was always shrouded in fog when they yeah. would like pull away. And you, so the edges were always like a little fuzzy. I don't know. It was really cool. And they did a really good job creating that kind of mysterious effect. Yeah. I will say I, I liked the set, but again, it goes back to like, it was cartoonishly oversized to me. I was kind of okay with it though because again it matches the size of the character of hamlet's ego (laughs) and also like because of that it allowed them to play with like space and like you get those like really like extreme close-ups with like the extreme far shot and it was like always a little disorienting and like the sets being so large like it made it kind of seem like cold and impersonal which like to me fits with the narrative of hamlet like i don't like i don't i had no issue with that personally like i kind of liked the cartoonish aspects because like shakespeare's a little cartoonish hamlet's a little cartoonish i still i've read hamlet i've like seen Mm -hmm. it i still don't understand the ear poison thing i'm like this makes no sense at all why i think i think it's supposed to be like someone was like it's an allegory for rumors and i was like sure but why would that kill you i don't know Anyway, <laughs> remember that saying about sticks and stones, uh, sticks and stones may break your bones, but ear poison will kill you dead. <laughs> that's exactly oh, how that's that the goes. one that I remember. Yeah, yeah. Yep. the classic. I'm glad you picked up on that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the other so we get that introduction and then we get the introdu- introduction to Hamlet that Maggie just mentioned, where it's the scene with him kind of off to the front mm-hmm. and to the side where, again, he's apart from the yes. rest of the crowd. And I will say. I'm not sure I have issue with Olivier as a director, considering all the cool visual stuff and like the way things were staged. I don't think he should have been playing Hamlet at this time. He is far too old for this part. That did bug me a lot far when his scene in his mother's and closet. He dyed like, his hair very blonde and I think an effort to look younger and it was makes it, him look or older. To look more Danish. <laughs> I don't know. Or it could have also been to like set him apart from like other characters in like a crowd scene. But anyway, he's way he's way too old for the part. And like at the time, Olivier was, I think, 40. And like the actress playing his mom is 29. Yeah, that was not great. No, it was very weird that she was so young. young. It was. Yeah. It. So like whereas I think if I'm just looking at his performance technically in a black box, I would say overall pretty good. Like, didn't blow me away. And there were definitely some times where I was like, "Mm." but in a black box looking at his performance, pretty good. I think what really got me is that he was way too old for the part. And I was like, why is this middle-aged man throwing this fit right now? Like, I think if you had had like a much younger Olivier, like like, say Lawrence Olivier at the age he was when he was playing Heathcliff in Wuthering Heights, because Mm -hmm. he's, he's a really good Heathcliff. And it's a very similar character. (laughs) That, I think, would have been so much better and I would have been so much more on board with than 40-year-old Laurence Olivier playing what's supposed to be a kid, basically, or like a teenager. And he says multiple times to Horatio, who also looks much older than like a teenager, something about like them going back to school. Yeah, I heard that and was like, yeah, uh, it would it would take I, me out of the narrative this? a lot. Yeah, well, and see, I want to. I don't necessarily agree that I thought his performance was good. So one of the main places where, well, it was a couple times when he would have his soliloquies going on, where it would like kind of focus on him moving around the room. Which, again, directing here mm-hmm. was great. 
him moving around the scene with the court after everybody had left. It was like the single take where they had zoomed out Mm -hmm. and then they zoom in on him moving around and having his thought and delivering the line, but not delivering it. Okay. So yes, I actually, I actually want to talk about the soliloquies because I thought they were interesting because obviously Shakespeare, a lot of soliloquies, Hamlet, unusual amount of soliloquies. Stupid amount. Yes. It's a crazy amount. But, you know, in a play, I feel like plays are different from movies because like I'm almost more forgiving in a play of stuff that seems not real life yes because i'm like you don't have the technical problem you don't have the technical ability necessarily to make it more realistic but the way they did not all but some or parts of some of the monologues was that it would be kind of a close-up on the actor or actress and then it would start the monologue in a voiceover which the first time that you're talking about i actually really liked and I had to give Olivier props because mm-hmm. he was – obviously what had happened was they filmed it. He acted it doing the monologue in his head, and then he recorded the voiceover and they matched the two. And the way he was acting paced so well with the monologue, I was like, oh, I actually have to give it to him because that had to have been really yeah. hard. Because you are not just delivering the monologue, but you have to make sure you deliver it in the exact same way and same pace because it mm-hmm. is a single shot that they do with him doing that. Right. So I had to give him props for that. There's a couple times where they use the same mechanic later that I was not as on board with, particularly the Ophelia flashback where it's a she it's a close up on her and she's talking about when he came to her and he was like all like disheveled. Oh my god. And it's I like this weird that. fuzzy flashback and she's basically saying what happened, but as she's narrating it they're like doing everything that she's narrating, but it's it felt just really weird and awkward and fake. Like she's like, and he touched my cheek, and then he nodded and he, three times. And, yeah, and, and like then backed then out. Then Olivier nods three yeah. times. Like it's like that one. I was like, that one should have been Ophelia like talking to her dad about it. Like or nobody needed to talk. Yeah, yeah. You could have just cut the words. Like you didn't need to narrate that. Like yeah. just have it happen. So like that time I wasn't on board with it. And then the third time it happens is when to he's... To be or not to be. <clears throat> right. And I hated how he was just like lounged on a parapet with his little chicken legs out and just talking every so often well, while doing the monologue. I was torn on that. I really Because at like first it. I was like, oh, is it going to be in his head again? Because he's looking out over the parapet at the water and it's like the whole like Hamlet contemplating like to be or not to be, to jump or not to jump. Yeah. Um, which I like the way they transitioned into that. It was really cool. There was like this like sped up shot going like up and up the stairs and then yeah, it's like down really cool. onto the ocean or up into the sky and then slowly pans down to the ocean and then pulls back to you see him looking over the edge at the rocks and the water yeah so like that was really cool and then he starts and is actually speaking the monologue and i was like okay i actually kind of want to see this one delivered fully in person but then it would switch to his thoughts and then it would go back to him talking and like i understand I think the idea behind that, like, I think it's, I think it's an interesting thing to play with. I don't think it worked. Well, and he did, this is now the third time that he's pulled this trick in that film. And yeah, I, it's no longer a trick now. It's, I, I thought it was kind of annoying. And the thing is, if you see this monologue put on on stage, he's not just sitting there. Like something is yes. happening. Something is like going on. I don't moving. have to watch his one that tone is, face not making thing. any expressions and that's while why he's it giving the, it. That's why it worked the first time. Because he's getting up exactly. and he's moving and he's like making expression. Eh, barely. Some. <laughs> but like, but there's stuff going on. And yeah, I think 
I think that's with really the to be the or not to be, me. it really is just like his blank face and a voiceover. And it, it didn't work. It didn't yeah. work. And it, honestly, I don't think that even would have worked on stage. Like you can't just no, have no. us sit here for four minutes while you talk. No, absolutely not. So I don't know that. I, I appreciate them playing with that. But it was I, a cool idea. I don't think executed it executed well, well once and poorly twice. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. So um, I don't know. But again, as you said, Maggie, like getting into that scene, awesome beautiful, editing beautiful and really cool effects there. Mm-hmm. So but yeah, I like you said, I did like the very first time he kind of had that movement around the court. And then getting from there, I, there were a couple shots that I wanted to mention when we see Ophelia. Um, like kind of running down the hallway I with arches with Gene Hamlet Simmons in the background. A lot. I thought she did well. There were, like I said, there was. I think we'll go. We'll go into the scene more between her and Hamlet, where he's like really terrible to her in a bit. But like that yeah. was the only scene where I had like a couple problems, and I don't think it was her I'm fault. I'm sure it was directorial. Yeah. So, um, but the big scene is when we uh, next big next scene is where we see Hamlet actually meeting his um do we introduce ghost? do we introduce laertes and polonius before that with i think we ophelia? did i just there was a this was when i like really liked gene simmons performance as ophelia because um there's where polonius is giving that like really long-winded speech to her and her brother and she's like she and her brother are like kind of like almost giggling together and there's just a nice bit where she like just does like a little pat on his back and like kind of adjusts his cape and it was just like <laughs> really kind of funny and cute i will have to say i think the casting for those three characters was spot on. Yes. I thought I, really Polony- like I don't remember the names of all the actors. Um, it was a big cast. It's fine. It was a very big cast. Um, but I thought that the um, casting there was spot on. And like Laertes was like the only young male character that was cast aged appropriately. Yeah. Agreed. And oh, now that you mention it too, I'm thinking back to the final scene where they're fighting. Yeah. And I'm like, oh God, it is really evident how much older Hamlet yeah. Lawrence is. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, I, I did like Gene's performance. Yeah. When the age disparity between Lawrence Olivier and Gene Simmons makes the like Hamlet Ophelia scenes like pretty icky. Really icky. Really icky. So before we get to that, the the one scene I do want to touch on is where Hamlet meets his father's ghost for the first time yes. so one they bring back the heartbeat motif mm-hmm. which i am apparently a sucker for no, I think it was you so are good too. it was so good um again visually amazing in the mist and you see the sword coming out of the mist as he's like running toward his father's ghost mm-hmm. now um when we say this film was angsty this is probably a an emblematic scene so for angsty. how angsty it's gonna be so Hamlet's there. He has the vision of his father's murder, which, okay, that was a very melodramatically acted scene as well, where it's like he's the his father is poisoned under. I want to know what king. So I feel like kings, especially this time, like they got to know assassination's a likely thing, at least an attempt. But he's just sleeping out in nature. He's just sleeping out in the ground. I feel like undefended. he's sleeping in his orchard. No guards. Though. But like I'm, I that time, honestly, if I'm a king in that time, first off, my close family, my biggest suspects. I know this I know my medieval logic, history, <laughs> sir. I know my medieval and Renaissance <laughs> history. I'm not sleeping out in my own orchard, unarmed and unguarded. <laughs> Without well, earplugs to keep the poison out my ears. Because obviously that's a pathway by the which go-to. you can be murdered now. The go-to. Um but yeah, I took issue with how 
comic again comically dramatic that flashback scene was because like he rolls off the bench and then does this really dramatic point at the person who we can't see who's murdered them and it's like you did this it's like, like the times they took the like stage overacting into the film it's like they picked the wrong moments to go yeah. big on the acting they should have gone big on the play within a play not which they did go big on that and i was here for it oh really but, i hated the play within a play i mean i generally hate plays within plays <laughs> Sorry, Shakespeare. Don't like him. Um, it's a nice dream one is amazing. Um, it's hilarious if done right. But <laughs> um, yeah, didn't like that. But then we get back to Hamlet and he's like, oh, woe is me. And he's like writhing on the ground on another parapet. Which I just want to like, like, dude, I'm going to smack you. You need to be like. Pull it together. God. You're 40. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's I. Oh, what was I going to say? But this is another situation where I'm like, I'm not a fan of his acting. This is way too much for this scene. Way too much. Again, I I have less issue with that if Laurence Olivia wasn't so old. You mean if he were 10? I see I this give was it, like a 10-year-old's reaction. Like a, I'd give it to like a 16-year-old. I don't know. I'd probably spaz out if I saw that. No, I wouldn't. I would just freeze and be like, this thing's happening now. <laughs> just sit here. It'll be, it'll be fine. Fight or flight or freeze. <laughs> um I will say that I would like to point out that the ghost specifically is like, don't blame your mom. And then Hamlet proceeds to just blame his mom for the entire rest oh, of the movie. I have so much. I think that's like a source material issue. With oh, me. it like, is a source material why, issue. Why his, the hell is it against her virtue with her husband who is now dead for her to go marry his brother? I'm going to also like, just say why is like, that a problem? she probably did not have that much choice. She also probably didn't know that his- he killed, She definitely yeah. doesn't know that he was murdered. So it's like, like, why are you taking this out on this poor no, woman that's who always been That has always Ugh. been a huge issue with the source material to me is I'm like- why is Hamlet like I feel like his anger towards his mom is pretty misplaced and two he takes so much shit out on Ophelia. Oh my gosh. I'm Let's like, just okay, so the boy's got mommy issues. Majorly. Show. Majorly. Which that was another criticism actually for this movie was that people were like Olivier played up the like Oedipal complex a lot. Yeah, there was a lot of nearly open mouth kissing between him and his mother. Yeah. And it was not great. No. I'm like, okay, a peck, fine. But was, this was like a romantic, passionate, I'm holding your head to mine. Like, uh, yeah. I'm glad you noticed that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the Ophelia scene, um, he is really, I'm trying to remember how I've seen it in the past. Well, there's one scene I want to talk about bef that happens before that, that like I find very cool with the way they use the sets and like uh -huh. the various levels that they had built in these sets because they are like multi-dimensional and um, very like stage set like yes in that yes regard. um and it's hamlet's already started to act a little strange and polonius is telling the king and queen about this and basically as he's telling him he's like yeah he'll walk down the hall just reading this book which there's a lot of people walking around and reading books which maybe i'm just like an idiot and uncoordinated but i find difficult to do and Hamlet was on like an eight foot ledge. Yeah, well, they they basically he's like he'll just walk <laughs> this way and then he'll like stay nonsense. And we see Hamlet eavesdropping, and then he immediately like goes down the hallway and comes down it reading the book and like is going to be pretending to 
like be nonsensical to kind of throw them off and polonius has like the king and queen hide and he like goes up to talk to him and hamlet like pretends that he doesn't recognize polonius but he does say something about like don't you have a daughter because polonius is super convinced that hamlet's just sad because of ophelia he's like he's in love with my daughter and that's why he's sad but anyway i was gonna say wishful thinking but you don't wish that no (laughs) don't wish hamlet on anybody no but anyway as Olivier's walking up like this higher platform. You have Polonius walking with him on the lower level. And it's kind of like an interesting bit about like their characters, not only like economic, social, political relationship, but kind of intelligence relationship too, because Polonius is a bit bumbling, very bumbling. Yeah, I was going to say. Being kind. Um, There's no need to be kind (laughs) in this context. True. Um, But I liked that scene a lot. And I actually really liked Olivia's performance in that because there's this like snide, amused sarcasm with him. And then that juxtaposed to like Polonius is just like gullibleness and confusion was like interesting to watch. And I liked the way that scene played out a lot. I was okay with it. I was okay with it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it did lead in to the scene with Ophelia where they're like trying to figure out. Which like bless her heart. Like no one tells her fucking anything. They're just I like, know. hold this tiny book and walk here. And, and then read. Hamlet's going to come talk to you. And she's like, I'm confused. <laughs> I would be too yeah. if nobody told Which me Which I liked anything. Gene Simmons' performance at the beginning of this where she like kind of like goes up to the curtain that they're hiding behind to, hiding behind to be like, WGF guys. Yeah. But then like But then she Hamlet gets appears. abused by Hamlet. And like this is one issue I kind of took with Olivier's character. He goes from zero to a thousand in this scene. Yeah, and like throwing people around the set a thousand, which like was that really necessary to like throw a filly on the stairs well, and then direct her to sit there and lay there as Well, so walk, like uh, I mean that's I don't know. So the monologue in the play, that's obviously like the same monologue in the play. And it is very like mean and not good Mm -hmm. between Olivia and Hamlet or not Olivia, Ophelia and Hamlet. I'm getting my Shakespeare characters mixed up. (laughs) Um, But I have seen it done more subtly and with a more gradual emotional build, which I think is more appropriate. And I... There's a part where he's being like really nasty to her and it's right before he throws her on the ground where she like kind of throws herself at him as if to like put her arms around him. And I was like, that is not like a realistic reaction. Like if if I am Ophelia in this Uh circumstance and like I'm confused, someone was just like, here's a tiny book, walk around and pretend to read. And now I'm being verbally abused. I'm going to leave. I I don't know if you can leave because well, it's but like I'm just standing there. Like I'm just going to stand there. I'm going to be silent. I'm going to wait for this to end and then I'm going to get the fuck out. Like Yeah, major mixed signals there. But again, I think that was a direct I decision. think that was a directorial yeah. thing too, but I do have to give it to Gene Simmons because once she is thrown on the floor and is lying there, her crying. Uh, her crying was, was really fantastic. good cuz she just kind of stays on the floor and cries and then they I, all come out from behind the curtain and are like, "See?" Hamlet's crazy and then just leave her crying on the ground yeah didn't like that and that's when we we pan past her and then get the spiral staircase up to the to be or not to yeah. be speech that Maggie yeah there's about. a beautiful like pan out from crying Ophelia but I still like I just it's a the, source material thing but I really wanted Ophelia to be at least a little but bit I think more, you could even like, having read the source material and the thing with Shakespeare is like there's actually quite a lot of room for character interpretation I yeah. think personally and 
that I think well, you could... Yeah, his characters aren't always the most, there's, like, fleshed well, out. Well, there's limited stage direction. Most of your stage direction is from, like, cues with the dialogue. But I think you could have Ophelia play that as... And granted, I think she's just supposed to be, like, young and naive in that. But I think you could have her play it more realistically and intelligently. Yeah. And not as, like... Like, I'm sorry if someone's verbally abusing you. Don't go in for the hug. No. Unless that's how Polonius has been raising her. Who knows? Uh, I'm sure there are many Medieval issues. Denmark. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. But, yeah. I Yeah. I just... Ugh. Yeah. So the next big plot point is with the troop of actors that comes in. Which... I, this, can, this is another source material issue. I have quite a lot of issues with the source material, which is definitely going to color my judgment, enjoyment of this film for sure. Um, I'm going to try and do my best when we get to rankings to try and rank it, you know, take into account like the technical stuff. Yeah. I'm going to say we set our own rules. So (laughs) (laughs) Ian's like, I have no problem with this. I have no problem giving it a hate ranking. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I feel like you might have stronger feelings about Hamlet than I do. (laughs) And I have strong feelings about Hamlet. I mean, at the very least, I have strong feelings about this movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. But yeah, so this is all fine and dandy. This is the most emotion that personally I think I've seen from Hamlet this entire film. Like, happiest I've seen him. Like, even in his dark and brooding, it's just one note to me. I don't understand the why logic. he's so happy. No, the logic behind this. It's like, I think my uncle killed my father. So oh instead gosh. of doing real investigating... <laughs> I'm going to hire some actors. I'm going to have them do a play. This play is going to match exactly what this ghost that appeared. I'm just going to say, if I'm Hamlet, I've already started questioning my own sanity a while back. So I'm probably not acting on anything. Okay, Hamlet, A plus for going after a murder for a fever dream. Yeah, he's like, I'm going (laughs) to have them act out this like, also, also, if I'm Hamlet, I'm like poisoning someone through the ears a weird way to do it. I think I might have just like had a stroke or something. (laughs) But he's like, I'm going to have them act it out. And I am not going to necessarily watch my uncle closely myself. I'm going to ask my best friend to do it. Just watch him. See how he reacts. Because as we all know, that is a dependable way to tell if someone is lying. And that shit will hold up in court. Spoiler alert. It doesn't. (laughs) Well, but then Claudius has the worst poker face in the world. Just saying. No, that's the other thing. I'm like, Claudius, if you're going to. Oh, what did I? Hold on. He like starts shaking and shivering when they get to the part about the poison in the ear during the play within a play yeah i just he's like shaking in his seat and i'm like dude no one's got proof calm down you gotta be poker cool as with what cool calm collected sorry (laughs) as Um, a cucumber as one says that's what you you were fishing for i was like i don't know (laughs) cool as what give me a hint um but then you also have that weird interaction with hamlet and ophelia where he's like goes back to being nice and he's like he's like can i put my head in your lap and then he makes a source material comments about being between women's legs yeah and i'm just like oh god and also the fact that he looks visibly so old i know makes it even worse because she looks like she's maybe 16 she looks young like gene simmons was young at the time but like they also have her dressed very young like the braids yeah definitely make her look younger i it was it was not great and ophelia I don't know. I want more from her character and I just need to realize I'm not going to get it. What I want is for him to be like, can I sit with my head in your lap? And her to be like, no. Or he tries to do it and she like knees him in the ear. Oops. Sorry. I had a twitch. I have the spasms. (laughs) (laughs) 
my leg just does that sometimes. <laughs> Usually when jerks are around, but <laughs> I call it the it's jerks. It's a knee jerk reaction. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, also with the players, I did not appreciate that Hamlet was lecturing them on how to act. I know. Which let me point out for just a half second how ironic it is that I was like, you're acting horribly while lecturing other people on how to act better. I, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I was not a fan. I, no. <laughs> okay, so we have this huge, massive blow up like the lights, the lights, the king has to run out really quickly. What was happening there? Um, I don't really know, but I did not I'm like not gonna the lie, decision. I got a little distracted while watching this movie. It's fine. A couple times. So what, what happened is the king finally had enough and was like, okay, time to leave because they're putting on the murder of his brother mm-hmm. in front of his eyes. And then Hamlet shows up with a torch right in front of his face when he calls for the lights. And I was like, Hamlet. Here's a light. <laughs> way to be subtle. But no, it was like this maniacal, like here you go sort of thing. I'm fine with that. Like, I mean, at this point well, we're, at, we're getting into like pure spiral for the character, but I mean, I, I can appreciate it from a showing insanity standpoint, but from the whole like context of the plan, like where you're not even going to watch the King, why are you now? I don't know. It just wasn't internally consistent for me. Oh yeah. Um, And that's something that I do not suffer. Yeah. I know, I know you're big <laughs> on internal consistency. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. And there were some other other spots right here where Hamlet is like with his friend. Um, Horatio. Horatio, yeah. Um, and makes like a dramatic, oh, leave me, friend. And then does this really quick swishy turn out. I, I, I just did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and to look out the window. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I, this, this dude, I just Where cannot. Where is me? Um, to be... Not to oh, be. you can you can just know. It's nobler <laughs> to suffer the slings and arrows. I just I can't. Yeah, I did re- enjoy the acting from the the king in this, where he's feeling the guilt for murdering his brother. Um, I liked his performance in general, with the exception of shaking in his little cotton tights at the play. Yeah, that was not great. You need like beefier legs to shake in your tights, but um, <laughs> most of the people in this movie needed beefier legs. Yeah, um, to be wearing those tights. But I, it was kind of well, no, it wasn't kind of. It was very theatrical, which is totally fine. It's Shakespeare. Oh yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent fine with things being theatrical. I actually quite like when things are theatrical, but like I needed to consistently be that way and i don't need it to crop up at like weird moments right because then we we have the scene where hamlet comes in and thinks about murdering the king and it's like oh no i'm gonna send him to heaven because he's praying i actually kind of liked that and i liked olivier's reaction a little bit because the king is praying hamlet comes up behind him is like this is my shot but then he locks eyes with the statue of i'm assuming Jesus. I, I think so. It was a little goofy looking. We weren't so. sure. We just got to see the back of the statue. So I don't know if it was like that or maybe like the Virgin Mary or some sort some of religious, religious statue. Object, yeah. But he kind of like locks eyes with it and then decides like, no, this isn't the right time to kill him because he's praying. Which And I like this about the – this is the one – maybe the one nice thing I will say about the character of Hamlet. <laughs> I like that his logic isn't – I shouldn't kill him while he's praying because it's wrong – but I shouldn't kill him while he's praying because then that means he goes to heaven. Well, one, I don't think that's how that works. You don't know. You're right. I don't. <laughs> I really don't. But he killed his brother. Yeah. but Can oh, you pray that Okay, way? But also remember when this is written, we're talking like, I guess 
This everybody killing everybody. No, this, I, is, this would have been written, I guess, maybe after England broke with the Catholic Church and one of their big grievances was the sale of indulgences, but they still kind of did that. But remember, it used to be that like a, you know, if you prayed enough or if you bought enough indulgences, you were good. Again, you can't see. That's why a lot of wealthy people. That's why a lot of wealthy people who did like horrible (laughs) things and then were dying would be like, "I'm going to donate all this money to a nunnery. Please, all pray for me." Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, I can't do it. Um, now this next scene with his mother in the closet really enjoyed the cinematography here. It again went from zero to like a thousand miles per hour way too quickly. Creepy AF. Also creepy AF because he's basically lecturing his mother because it's unvirtuous for her to marry her dead husband's brother. And he like throws her on the bed at one point and like it's it's like yeah it's not great. The act did not happen. No it it, but it it looks like it might be going that direction. Like in a and then until she starts screaming for help and then Polonius who's been hiding behind a curtain starts screaming for help and then Hamlet stabs him through a curtain. Ophelia, so sorry for yourself. <laughs> Stabbed your father through a curtain. If you haven't seen the um, sassy gay friend. Second City, I think it was Second City comedy that did yeah. a sassy gay friend Shakespeare series and there's an Ophelia one where he like sassy gay friend comes and saves Ophelia from jumping. Spoiler it's alert. Hilarious. She dies in a river yeah, or stream. Does from drowning anyway um in the scene we do get the ghost back again again heartbeat motif again i'm like ah yes i know what's about to come it it again a sucker for that Mm -hmm. i know i've said that before but one really cool camera trick they did here is where you are behind the shoulder of hamlet and you can see out on the balcony and see the ghost in the doorway and the ghost is like man i told you not to be mean to your mom yeah you shouldn't do this stop it idiot and he, he's on the floor in like a really weird, awkward position. This is the other thing. He's on like, floors a lot. He, well, but he's prone. It's like if you're scared of something, you want to get away from it. Like you're going to have your feet toward him, not your head. So like I, I did not like the way that he had himself placed in that scene. Uh-huh. Um, but I digress. The shot then from Hamlet's shoulder moves over to uh, his mother's shoulder where we can't see the doorway and then it pans back a little bit. And then in the doorway, there is no ghost anymore. So that was honestly a really cool thing where it's like, we're switching perspectives. When you're like, Oh, heads up in case you hadn't figured it out. Hamlet might be fucking insane. Uh, Is I'm (laughs) confident to say is. (laughs) So again, cool visual camera work. Yeah. Even if acting was, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say, I think I like Olivier's, visual style and directing style for the most part for the most part i don't think i necessarily like him directing himself again and i think that's a very hard thing to do i think there are things about his performance i liked but it the entire thing felt very self-indulgent which i mean hamlet's a very self-indulgent play but like i i think i would have liked to see like a kind of mystery thriller horror directed by olivier that he was not in oh my god like i think i do i think that would have been so what cool. if he had directed sunset boulevard no because billy wilder nails that but he like does, but, but something of that like feel yeah i think he could have which like this has a similar feel like it has a mm-hmm. very spooky dark feel but i think 
because it's Hamlet and so it get and Shakespeare and so it gets treated a certain way and mm-hmm. there's like especially I think at that time was like an idea of like this is how you do Shakespeare and because he's in it that maybe it doesn't go quite the direction that I wish it did and I think that like his directing style could if he has done a movie like that like somebody please let me know because I would love to watch it gonna have to IMDB this now I would love to watch it um <laughs> But I I think that's where I stand on this. And I realize directing yourself is very difficult. There are, like, some actors who, like, I absolutely love them, but anything that they have directed their self in, I'm like, I can't watch this. Yeah. So, like, I realize it's a very difficult thing to do, but. Yeah, hard to, like, step back and actually see yourself. Yeah, I think that's that's where I stand. I don't know. Other problem with the scene, there's so much open mouth kissing. (laughs) Literally, that is my note. (laughs) So much. (laughs) Like. Okay, this is weird. Very Too Oedipal. Much. Too much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the next. Do we want to talk about Ophelia's? Yeah, that's the next death big scene and her spiral into insanity. Which I was kind of digging the like back to nature wood nymph craziness that yeah she was i was too i was like i'm here for this ophelia <laughs> yeah because earlier she's wearing stuff that's like very buttoned up and everything yep. and now she's like an off the shoulder she's got flowers in her hair she's clearly gone insane well okay at the opening of her scene when she like does this random scream out of nowhere did not like that directorial decision like that's... it does make you focus up on her real quick it fast, does though. but i'm kind of like that was out of place with the rest of how she was going crazy, in my mind at least. Because that was the only, like, outburst that you That's get. That's true. Everything else was kind of just, like, singing. And here's a flower for you, and a flower for you, and rosemary to remember, and... Yeah. Yeah. But I... No, I was I was kind of digging crazy Ophelia. But no, I was saying, like, she's much more interesting as yes. a grief-crazed wood nymph. Yes. Honestly, I was <laughs> like, can we just follow Ophelia's descent into madness more closely? Because it's a lot more fun than Hamlet's. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's kind of weird to say, but I, yep. yeah, that was a weird <laughs> sentence. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> okay, we're talking about Hamlet here. <laughs> yeah, well, there we go. Um, but I do want to talk about kind of the way they shot. You actually kind of saw her, sort of saw, but didn't see her death because in the mm-hmm. play, and we get this with the voiceover in the play, it's literally just someone explaining to like I think it's Laertes what happened. Yeah, her brother. That like yeah, that she drowned. But they actually show, and I had, like, I'd, I'd read Hamlet, I'd seen Hamlet, I never actually listened to that bit very closely before, uh-huh. but having this visual, I was like, oh my god, that's so, like, heart-wrenching and cool, because, like, I always assumed that she just, like, jumped in the water and drowned, but, no, like... she was just floating. Yeah. Yeah, and basically they're telling that she was, like, floating in the water, and you see her floating in the water, and the way they have her laid out is, like, it's like a painting, yeah, it's well, really and beautiful. All of her clothing and her hair is just like kind of billowy, like, yep, and she's like very kind of singing pretty. with the flowers, and then it kind of she floats off, and the wa- the camera stays on the water, and she had these like this like chain of flowers kind of sort of on top of her almost. She had been more and more adding like flowers that she yeah, had picked yeah. to her hair and on her yeah, dress. Yeah, and, and so, so then as the voiceover that's explaining that like. And as she was floating, like her dress got heavier and heavier until and she her sank. To a muddy end. And then it shows a pan over, and all you can see are the flowers floating on top. And I thought that was so beautiful. And it also just like it was heartbreaking. 
because because like again my assumption was always like oh olivia like or olivia why do i keep calling her that wrong shakespeare play maggie um <laughs> ophelia had just like i don't know like jumped into the water or something but like her hair looked idea, so good that the day idea that too. it's just i know she shouldn't she was gonna get it wet but like maybe that's why i assumed that she just jumped into the water is because of the sexy gay friend yeah. video but um the idea that she was just like floating and it was accidental is just heartbreaking absolutely er. heartbreaking more and, heartbreaking yeah. yeah and larity's reaction again i the guy who played larity i'm gonna look up his name he had one of the strongest performances in this movie easily yeah basically he should have played hamlet yeah he was he was the proper age mm-hmm. proper subtlety could have pulled it off probably yeah so yeah then from here it kind of devolves into the final fencing scene which well, um, Laertes wants revenge. Yeah, which rightfully totally so makes because sense. Hamlet killed his dad. Yeah, caused his sister to go mad and uh-huh. accidentally die. Now there is some cool stuff that um, Olivier did in the grave digging scene where they're digging. Here's the bit though where we get this, and then there's that like very foppish courtier that I think are supposed to be comedic, which might be characters. I know the grave digger is. I don't know about the courtier but i think but like the characters in the play that are supposed to be comedic relief but because he had cut out rosencrantz and gildenstern who were the main comedic characters they were way out of place yeah there had been zero comedy up until this point yeah and, there and now shouldn't there's have been comedy yeah and now there's like comedy that you're like wait what yeah it just felt very out of place and awkward totally agree now with the grade digger where he pulled out a skull and then you see a shadow walk up and it perfectly lines up with the skull and you know it's Hamlet. Like, I loved that foreshadowing. <laughs> um, so that was, uh, I guess, the standout for that scene for me. Um, and so we know that Laertes wants to get revenge and he cracks. Well, I just want to talk real quick about how oh, yeah. they're, you know, they're talking about the grave and he's like, who's it for? And he's like, oh, oh it's a lady. In any other context, it would have been funny. I know, but we know that it's Ophelia. And Hamlet doesn't know, and he and Horatio kind of standing off to the side. You see the procession come in. He's like, "Oh, why is the queen here? Why is the king here? Why is Laertes here?" And it's like, "Put three and three together, idiot." And then I have my notes because then he realizes it's Ophelia, and he's like, "No." And I was like, "Oh, so now you feel bad, asshole?" Yeah. If she was in a nunnery where you could just go visit her anytime you wanted, you didn't care. But now she's dead. God. Well, and then he's he the like worst. shows up. He's like, "I am Hamlet, Prince of Denmark," and it's like no one was questioning that. Also, no one wants you here. <laughs> Yeah. Also, really it's not, Also, it's not about you. It's not. It is Ophelia's funeral. Now, also, one thing I forgot to say about that shadow. You know what? You know what it really was, Maggie. Terrence Morgan plays Laertes. Oh, Terrence Morgan. Terrence Morgan. He did a really good Great job. job. Okay, so back to the skull shadow. You know what I have in my notes here? Hashtag good foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> All about those puns. So, anyway, sorry to like jump around, but I that was too good to pass up. Yes. Um, Ian and I will send each other texts that are just like hashtag good shadows anytime we like the cinematography oh yeah. and lighting in a it's movie. It's my goal to make that a thing. <laughs> you have the shirt that says it. That I you got do for have Christmas. a shirt. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, speaking of the messenger who like communicates to Hamlet that he needs to go duel Laertes for his father, well, his king's honor and his bet, whatever. He was horrible that's the character that i was like this is supposed to be comedic but i'm like why are you here 
It was obnoxious. Yeah, he's just like falling all over himself. He's got like literally the falls down the stairs. Literally falls down the stairs. Ugh. And they're like, ha ha ha, how funny. And it's like the none of this is funny. It's not funny. It didn't fit. No. Did but not fit. I will say. So with this thing, you've got this thing, the duel, the climax of the film. Um, the point of tragedy. You have uh, Laertes basically is poisoned the sword at the direction of the king. There's a whole plot. The king's like, because they're dueling in the way that they would duel. It wasn't supposed to be to the death. It was like hits. How first who can touch. hit who most? You would yeah. decide on like how many touches. And it was like three. I think they did touches. I there thought. was two or three. Yeah. Um, and then whoever got that first would win and then you'd just be like problem solved um so the king has a backup plan that's like if that happens poison the wine poison the wine and i give him that which i'm just like i there's so many ways so many ways for this plan to go just don't get it in your ear and it'll be fine (laughs) this is poison but only ear poison (laughs) um but so we have what actually was quite an enjoyable sword fight yeah, it was. It was good fencing. It was fun it to watch. Really was. Exciting. With the dagger and rapier, yeah, like, together. It, I, I did enjoy. Yeah, that so part. we get some fencing. Um, Hamlet, I think, gets first touch, and but then he gets sliced. By well, first, Laertes. I don't think he gets sliced yet because the, oh, right, then the, the the chalice comes out. Yes, and the queen drinks from the poison chalice, which and the king's like. No, don't. She's like, no, I'm going to drink to my son's health. And she's like having a great time. And I'm like, why did you put the poisoned chalice somewhere where someone could just pick it up? Because we don't think through plans, Maggie. Apparently not. I don't know how this monarchy is still intact. It's a great idea for me to drink poison and like act like I'm dead and then have my lover come and find me, but not tell him that I'm not dead. Okay, actually, that plan would have worked if the monk who was carrying the message to tell Romeo that it was all a plot had actually done his job. But did the plan work, Maggie? No. No, it did not. (laughs) But it was much better thought out than this one. But this plan also didn't work. No, it did not. <laughs> I think, That's I think my we have only a point. Theme. <laughs> but um, yeah, so all the dramatic irony. We know it's about to happen. Yeah, so we know she's about to die. The king knows she's about to die. And someone's like, should we tell her? And the king's like, it's too late. And I'm like, she could go like throw it up, maybe. Like, how strong is this poison? It's like the air poison immediately died. Immediately. You're right. Well, not quite immediately, because then we have more sword fighting. Hamlet gets nicked by the poisoned sword. The queen is starting to not look so great in the background, which props to her for her nice little acting. Yeah. Again, with what she was given, I think she did okay. Really, the only person I have an issue with is Laurence Olivier. Yeah. But anyway, so then he kind of figures out what's happening, and he... The sword switcheroo. Yeah, is he my he gets Laertes to like knocks the sword out of Laertes' hand, and then Laertes goes to pick it up and he steps on it and Offers hands Laertes his, his own. own sword. And Laertes <laughs> is like, "Oh Fuck. shit!" And that's when Laertes is like, "Now going for it," because it's now life or death, and everyone knows it. Yep. Yeah, and I do kind of like that Hamlet's like, "You killed me, but I'm taking you with well, me." Well, no, he didn't know that it was poisoned at this point. Well, he, he just knew that gets the sword and looks at it and sees that it's poisoned. Oh, see, I thought that was later on. So I thought at this point he was just like, I'm so angry you were about to kill me. No, I think he knows. And that's why he does the uh-huh. sword switch because he's like, or he like gets some idea that there's something wrong with the sword. Does the well, yeah, sword switch. Well, yeah, because when he's hit, it yeah. actually cut him, which shouldn't have happened if you had a uh, like ball on the end like he had on his. 
So I like focused on the two oh, tips. Oh, is that why? One with a ball, one without. I assumed that he had figured out it was poisoned and was like, I'm dying, but I'm taking you with me. Which, I mean, he did. I mean, yeah, he does. <laughs> and so Laertes gets nicked too. Uh, Hamlet goes ham and just stabs Claudius a bunch. He deserved it. Yeah, the the I'm not happy about the Laertes casualty. And I'm not happy about the mom casualty because I'm like, why? It's not any of their fault. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, that's the, I think that's the thing that bugs me the most about the character of Hamlet. Is I'm like, okay, you want justice. Great. So get it on the person that actually did something and don't like ruin literally everybody else around you. Yeah. Polonius, Laertes, Ophelia, Ophelia his mom. mom and not dad. Like, everybody's dead. Who's going to rule Denmark? This is irresponsible. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But um, I do like the way that they end that. So like once Laertes has got got and. <laughs> I love that expression. <laughs> it's my new favorite thing. Um, you do have everybody knows Hamlet's dying. But after he has killed Claudius too, he is now the king. So everyone like kneels down to him as he stands up and walks over to the throne and sits down and dies. Although then he started monologuing a bit and I was like, no, 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 no. Just light. I want the last shot to be you just sitting silently in a chair and dying. Except that's not the last scene because they had to give him the king's burial. I know. It should have just ended. It, it Think of what a beautiful final shot that would have been, been amazing. with the way it was framed. If you have... A lifeless Hamlet on that throne, everybody and everybody around kneeling around him. Ugh, would have been a beautiful ending. That's not how it ended. No, it's not. It ended with people carrying him with his sword and his arms crossed, like going up the parapet. And they're like, "Oh, great Hamlet!" And I'm like, "He killed so many innocent people." He's not a great person. He sucks. He's horrible, horrible. Now, at the end there, I did like some of the visuals that happened around the crown. So when Claudius, like, falls over, his crown rolls off, he reaches for it, doesn't make it. Um, and I want to say it also falls off Hamlet? I don't know. But there were some Maybe. really cool visuals yeah. with the crown there that um, I appreciated. Yeah, I think I think our general consensus on this film is that, like, Laurence Olivier miscast. Absolutely not also, our I need to see favorite source material. Good. We'll watch my favorite performance of his is Wuthering Heights. Okay. I don't like him that much in Pride and Prejudice, I but we'll watch Wuthering Heights. something redeeming from him after yeah. this movie. Yeah, we'll watch <laughs> We'll watch Wuthering Heights. Um, But, you know, some of the acting good, some of it not great, but visually Gorgeous. stunning. And so much of the, I, I know some, I know certain people like go crazy for one takes. This movie had a lot of them mm-hmm. and a lot of really that interesting camera That makes sense movement. to me considering one, that the material is play-based. Yes. Two, the director and leading actor, his like, like his background is stage. Yeah. And a lot of the people who were in it, background was British stage. Mm-hmm. So that makes complete sense to me that they would do that and be able to do that. Oh yeah. Effectively. So, Definitely appreciated that. And again, some really cool shots and pans and zooms that you would not have been able to do in a theater. Yeah. So they did, you know, as much as we're saying that, like, it's been criticized by Shakespearean purists for, like, what he cut. And I think, you know, at the time people were like, you know, other than the purists were like, oh, no, no, it's a great adaptation. I know that 
some people have kind of gone back on that now and they're yeah. like it's really not the best adaptation because of like certain choices he made with what he cut but i think like i don't know he did do something with the medium and like brought something to the source material that could not have been done on stage right which like i have to give him that yeah. he basically justified why it needed to be a movie and not just a play yeah exactly so, i don't know i if you want to half watch it i'm on board with it but i like it's hamlet if you really love hamlet yes. if you are a huge shakespeare fan and you don't have the hatred of hamlet that ian and i both have then <laughs> you should probably watch it because it is a little different and like we said it's visually very interesting oh yes um if you don't particularly like the play or the character hamlet then like you can skip it really do skip it just like look up a couple now, production skills or look up the ghost scene look at the ghost oh, scene because yeah. that is really well, cool visually here's the thing. but as of time of recording in like 20 early 2019 it was of included with amazon prime so like if it doesn't yeah. cost you anything yeah if it's still included in amazon prime then like give it a shot but like the first half hour that's all you need in my opinion because that's that covers like the major ghost scene and that just comes back so yeah that's my thought. yeah that would give you a good idea i think or just watch the whole thing it's y fine you know what you do you yeah <laughs> we support whatever you decide do. even if you're wrong we're kidding <laughs> <laughs> so i guess um moving on to lists yeah let me pull mine up okay well i will go ahead and go so i put hamlet at number 14 <laughs> and so this is going to be after going my way and before mutiny on the bounty now i really liked going my way because it was being crosby and it was sweet and it did have its faults with a lot of excess stuff in it but hamlet the acting was so much worse on the whole for me I mm, I almost don't know if you want to say so much worse as you just want to say not your style because yeah, like that's probably it. I think that's that's definitely it. I think a lot of the acting in Hamlet was definitely intentional in the way that they were doing it, yeah. but they were doing it very Shakespearean, and I think the concept of taking Shakespeare and performing it much more naturally uh -huh. is more, a slightly a more, more recent. Thing. I think it's yeah. a more recent concept. Yeah, that's fair, but. <laughs> With Mutiny, though, it's I we've talked about the issues we had with Mutiny and like the whole island scene there. And quite frankly, I think the cinematography in Hamlet bested Mutiny. Not to say Mutiny was bad, but like this movie was visually very striking and I think did some things that we hadn't seen up until this point. And so I definitely want to give it credit for that, but not too much credit since it's, you know, at 14 out of 21. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. Mm -hmm. so I think you said it's your new number 14. Uh, it is my new number 14. So I th think it would be, I think it's my new number 15. But I'm putting it right in between Wings and You Can't Take It With You. Oh, whoa, I didn't realize Wings was so low for you. Yeah, Wings is lower for me. Wings is tough, though, because it's just so different. I love, I, that, I you really, yeah, really, liked I really Wings. I really liked Wings. Um, so the reason I'm putting it there is because it did do some extremely interesting things visually, which I love. And, like, Wings is kind of like that, where it does a lot of kind of cool visual. Yeah. Um, and they, I feel like they have a slightly similar style, since it's the silent film acting versus the, like, overblown Shakespearean acting. Right. Um, 
Wings, I just enjoyed the story so much more. And uh, that's totally fair. Yeah. I just, I again, because we are not fans of the source material, like this was never probably going to be that high <laughs> for either of us. Um, like that's, I, I will fully admit that my bias against the character and the play Hamlet definitely is reflected in my ranking. Yeah. Um, I don't think that, you know, I still think that there are things to criticize about the performances in the movie. I still think Lawrence Livy was very miscast. I'm still just, it boggles yeah. the mind sometimes, except. But the not. visual, the visual component and like the stuff that they did with like the effects and the set design and um, the music is what really puts it ahead of you can't take it with you because. I agree, except for the set. <laughs> I really liked the set, but like, I, I don't know, movies that like they're willing to try something different. That always like that's a lot of points oh, for yeah. me. And, and to like, pull it off too. Yeah. Well, and like even cases, if they yeah. didn't get the voiceover monologue, like if it didn't work every time, especially the time when they like mixed it in with like spoken verses in your head, I'm like, it didn't work, but I also like respect the idea that you were like, Oh, we have a chance to do something different with this because we're doing it with a different medium. Like, let's try some stuff out and let's like see what we can get. Yeah. Like that I respect. So that's where it sits. Yeah. So I think it's overall, number 15. It's I'll a maybe. To... It's a maybe watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, if you're interested in Shakespeare, go for it. Yes. And the costumes. Oh, they cracked me up. <laughs> I just, Seriously. This is why I, and I understand people that are like, let's set the play in the time period when it would have been performed. But I'm like, I, I maybe don't. <laughs> <laughs> Like, or if you do, just the proportions, like do a slightly modern the proportions take on Proportions on the men's clothing. It was so bad. Hilarious. Well, and then, um, oh, who played the queen? Like, I remember Elaine thinking, I, I think, thinking to myself with her, her costuming, like she turned some way, and I was like, whoa, she's actually this tiny little thing that is forced into this giant billowy gown that makes her look. Eileen Hurley. Yeah, it just like they're not the clothes were not clothes. flattering, not at all. So I don't know. It's just I don't, it's like, and I get the idea that it's like let's set it when it was would have been performed, but like I mm, don't think it's worth it. All right, I think that's it for Hamlet. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, I'm Never not gonna again. miss this one. Um, but if you want to get in touch with us and either tell us how much you agree or disagree with our uh, take on this particular one uh you can find us on social media at best pictures pod on both instagram and twitter you can also email us in at best pictures podcast at gmail.com and next time please join us for the 22nd winner all the king's men so oh, shit. yeah yeah another book i had to read in high school english that i didn't enjoy now fun fact why it's going to be the shortest film since The Lost Weekend, so ah, at least it's not two and a half hours. At least I won't have to suffer that long. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe we'll be surprised. But I already anyway. know that I hate the source material. Oh, I'm excited then. <laughs> so, well, thank you for listening. Catch us next time. Bye.